Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Morris back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. Hello, how are you and welcome to the Glovers cast with me, Ian Perkins, and this evening the cheerful duo are back. It is me and Coatsy, Ben again, he's planning all his trips and travelling around podcast recording at the moment. It's um, almost like he's trying to avoid us, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Whilst he was driving down on Sunday, he's driving back up again on uh, what is Thursday night for us. So, yeah. Do you, do you think he's building anticipation for a return? He's a, like, you know, a week off. Exactly. He's um, just waiting for his fans. He, he wants to see the downloads drop when he's not on there, don't he? That's what he wants to see. But to be fair, anyone who listened to us on Sunday uh, or Monday, I should say, probably wouldn't tune back in again because we were a little bit different depressed and i did get my uh, my knuckles wrapped by a certain listener mr christopher fox um for apparently uh being too negative although he did tell me this on uh in last night on wednesday night when he had uh, the luxury of hindsight of what he did i would have told you that it was all going to be fine he said so, <laughs> whereas anyone who looked at social media on saturday night or sunday morning would know that that was far from uh the the general consensus so we say so yeah, yeah. well that is what football does isn't it you know you live and die by the last result and we were all miserable Sunday morning because we'd lost 2-1 to Kings Lynn yeah 
and then come Monday afternoon, everything was a little bit better, but we'll talk about that in, in a little bit, because we keep forgetting to tell people we've, we've been, well, if you're on, on social media, you know, um, we've been nominated for an award again for the second year in a row, the, uh, football content awards as the best in non-league in the podcast category. Um, so I think the links are on our social media. So if you go to Twitter, you'll see it right at the top. Um, go there and vote for the Glovers cast because that would be great. It'd be nice yeah. to win an award. There are tickets. There's, there's like an actual event, Dave. Was oh, there? Yeah. Oh, no. Do I have to get my, uh, you know, best, uh, best tuxedo? Uh, Where is it? Is it North, South? Is it London it somewhere? Is, is it? It's London. Oh, right. Uh, but I don't, you know, and you've got to pay. You've got to pay to go. <sighs> right. So, yeah. you know, I don't. But if you're, if you're not on social media, you can just go to footballcontentawards.com. Uh, and then you scroll down to best in uh, in non-league and then there is an option for podcast you click the drop down there and you click the glovers cast and then you don't have to fill in any of the other forms because everyone i've asked um including my mum my dad my sister everyone's voted so uh <laughs> you, they're like oh god i don't have to fill all these forms well, got at you least don't. three there you go. Exactly. Yeah. I asked my brother but he's too miserable to do it so <laughs> um uh, so yeah so just scroll to the bottom Hit vote now, and uh, yeah, we will be forever in your debt. And who knows? We might pick up some silverware. That'd be good, wouldn't it? There you go. Well, open top be... bus is uh, is ready, ready to go. <laughs> we'll see you all outside Beals. Well, <laughs> not this Beals anymore. Um, so, do you want to talk about your bank holiday Monday? Uh, yeah, in uh, Andy Craig's not going to allow me not to call it my hometown, is he? My hometown of older shots. So, what did, uh, what did we call it? El Cotsico or something? El Cotsico, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. That was Ben, yeah, that was Ben's, uh, Ben's invention. So, uh, <laughs> so yes, I did actually go to see the only family member left in my family, my uncle, who was in the older shot end. He was, I wasn't with him, I was in the uh, in the away end. I did get to see quite a few people, including a certain Michael Cleverly, who if he he's listening um will be disappointed he's not on here because uh it would be fair to say that he was slightly intoxicated when i was talking to him and insisting that he needed to come on the podcast every week to uh to discuss lasagnas as he had a, a wonderful lasagna at a, a pub he was in in um in Aldershot. and ian you did wind him up a bit because you did promise him that he could drop him a voice note right, <laughs> reviewing not, a lasagna yeah, he but he hasn't done it, it has he no yeah you know, mike the, the invitation is there, you know. You've let us <laughs> down and you've let yourself down, Mike. Keep it under 30 seconds and we can put a lasagna review on after every away game. I'm quite <laughs> happy to do it. Yeah, well, he, um, I, I will point out that Mike now lives in Stevenage. So Aldershot to Stevenage is not that far if anyone's ever been to both of them. <laughs> but I actually made it from Aldershot to Preston in Lancashire, where I live, quicker than he made it to Stevenage. I think he ended up in Brighton at one point, so going to complete <laughs> the wrong direction. So you can see what kind of day Clev's had. But it was a, it was a, a fantastic... Uh, it, I mean, it was a good day just to go and, um, and see people again, see a lot of people that I haven't seen for for, you know, since the game at Dover Athletic was the last away game, I went to did see a few people at um, Stratford for the for the preseason friendly, but saw a lot more there. And if you've been to Aldershot, you'll know. Or if you were at Aldershot on Bank Holiday Monday, it is. I would say it's one of my favourite away ends of, of, of any ground. It just has this big like barrel. It's almost like they've strapped these enormous barrels to the roof, and as a result, the 
the noise on the on the on the desk really does um really does pick up. And to be fair, old shop fans were next door and they were um uh, they were making a bit nice. So it was a brilliant it was a brilliant atmosphere as uh, you know away games do do tend to be. Um and the players I have to say, um, responded to that, I think, because the because the first half I'd listened to that 90 minutes of commentary talking about how we couldn't, you know, cow's ass with a banjo, apart from Joe, Joe quickly, who managed to bang one in from 30 yards, uh, which was a, a very good finish. But um, they were straight at them. Um, you know, they were they were out of the traps um, there were a lot of. Um, uh, athletic performances, which I think we've heard the manager talk about, um, you know, the athletes in his team. Charlie Wakefield, definitely an athlete. Jordan Barnett, blimey, that, he's got some legs on him, that lad. He, um, he really does move a bit um, up and down that ring. So I, I, I like um, I liked him and in, in fairness to him, Joe Quigley. Uh, I mean, much maligned in some quarters, Joe Quigley. You know, you can't, you, you, you can't doubt, uh, doubt him. He, he broke, he, he should have had four, well, three, maybe four um, goals in that game. He obviously only ended up with two. Um, and if you've seen the um, uh, the highlights, you'll have seen the first goal was a, yeah, a very nice finish, cutting in from the left-hand side there. And then the other one was a cool as a cucumber um, uh, penalty. So going forward, I definitely saw lots of things that, 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 that pleased me. Um, I mean, older shot, are not the best team by a country mile that we will come up against in this division. They did cause us problems. They did score a goal. Um, they did, yeah, make our defence wobble a little bit and did walk through our midfield on a number of occasions against a better side, against a side with um, a, a striker who could put one away. I think we might have been um, in a bit more trouble, but... That's me balancing the yin and the yang of it all, isn't it? And uh, if I went too negative last time, maybe I'll go overly positive this time and say that, yeah, I was. Uh, I went away buzzing, as you always do, from um, an away victory. And the four-hour drive back to Lancashire was a, um, uh, maybe not a pleasant one, but it was made a lot easier by now. Sounds good. It sounded like a good day. And, of course, at the end of the match, the uh, celebrations with... The fans and the Lee Collins flag as well. Another one of those sort of moments that will probably get repeated over and over again on social media, the pictures yeah. and the videos. A lot like it was. We always play the clip from Older Shot in nineteen twenty yeah. season, don't we? Um, that one does the rounds a lot. Yeah, and I have to just say there a, a, a big um, thumbs up to Craig McCann who, who brought that flag along. And um, I don't know if you saw there was a picture that was on social media of the manager. Uh, obviously, came over to the fans. He spotted the flag. He ran over and he like uh, you know patted patted Lee's head on this this flag. And Craig immediately grabbed the flag and said, you know, you take it, you take it. So yeah, he took it. And um, well, you, everyone saw the photo. So that was a that was a, like say a moment and a, and a very nice moment as well. So well done to Craig for for doing all of that. I think it's something that we we've, we've talked about it. How you know as a club we're always going to carry lee with us now because of what happened and i think you know in the off season when there's not a lot going on and people don't you know don't go to all the pre-season games you don't really think about that so much but i think for me it sort of brought it home again a bit more that you know lee is a big part of everything and a big part of this squad 
and they are going to take it with them. And the chances are there are probably a lot of them are still dealing with it and, you know, trying not recovering, but, you know, trying to handle that whole situation and that feeling of loss. So I think it's a big, it's still going to be a big part of our season. And yeah, um, I think there were a lot of players who were behind that banner that were um, that were there when Lee was there, but there were a lot of them who weren't as well. So it was nice to see everyone there uh, and everyone recognising, you know, what he meant and what um, you know what what he meant to to everybody at the club and you know standing by there, you know, what are their teammates now. So yeah, it was it was a nice moment definitely and uh, and a nice win too, of course. Any particular player, if you could pick one player who stood out to you on. Uh, Monday? Um, I, I would say Charlie Wakefield, um, just because I didn't really know what to expect from him. Um, and he is, I, I do uh, I do love a, a footballer who picks the ball up and just runs with it. And we've had a lot of footballers uh, at Yeovil like that. And some of them run with it and you don't quite know where they're going to go. Um, and some of them run with it and then you know exactly where they're going to go. And probably why I would always say of that conference winning team, um, uh, way back when, uh, Michael McKinnon was probably my favourite player from there because he just picked the ball up and you knew where he was going to go with it. Um, and Charlie Wakefield, he, I got the impression against Oldershot, who I, I will repeat, and not the best side that we will play this season by a long draw. Um, but whenever he got the ball and ran with it, they looked worried um, about him. So, yeah, I would say Charlie Wakefield, I was pleasantly um, surprised to see. But there were some other, you know, good performances in there. Uh, Quigley obviously got his um, both his goals. I thought, as I said, I've mentioned about Barnett. Um, Luke Wilkinson looked solid in, in, in midfield. Um, Gorman and Staunton looked, 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 looked all right. Um, probably more solid than they were, you know, good going forward. Uh, Tom Knowles probably got a bit more on the ball than he did in that, well, sounded like he did in that first game. Um, yeah, so there were a few, but if I had to pick out one, I'd say I'd say Wakefield. Adi Youssef looked uh, uh, lively when he came on as well. So I just named the entire team. You know, yeah, you have it. Yeah, I'm not saying he's as good as Kevin Dawson, but the way Charlie Wakefield picks up the ball and just decide he's going to run with it does remind me a lot of what Dorse used to do. He would just get his head down and get to that byline, wouldn't he? So yeah. he's, he's got a touch of that sort of style of play about him, I think. Um, that's, a big, that's, a, that's a big uh, connection you've made there. Big shoes. <laughs> well, I'm not, I specifically started that saying <laughs> he's not he's not as good as Kevin Dawson. Well, it could yeah. be, it could be, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, he, exactly. he made a very good start, but um, yeah, let's see. Although let's the, see. the manager, did you hear the manager today talking about um, he, he didn't want to quit, he kept trying to call him a young man, and he was like, he's not yeah. a young man, he's 24. Like, yeah, still, um, still, he's younger than me, so yeah, well, and me as well. So, yeah, yeah. I think we'll, we'll, give, we'll give him that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, some other news this week, the the loan, so the Sport England loan, which we we sort of not uncovered, but we, you know, we we oh, found... you did uncover it, I think, way back when it was okay. in June, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, you... you did your freedom of information request, and we found out that uh, we had uh, well at that time we had a loan of was it six hundred and here we go six hundred eighty nine thousand five hundred thirty eight pounds that was taken out in February. 
Uh, and that has now been extended by a further £112,000. Um, so we now owe Sport England £801,538. Yeah, and I mean, I guess the whole terms of the loan, it's a 20-year term, um, a four-year holiday period at 2% interest rate per annum. So I guess the four-year holiday is probably at the start. I mean, that's not been specified really or when it is i would assume the start um so yeah more money you know more money put on on money yeah on the debt uh list um i think one of the striking things from the statement that followed uh the well it followed us finding a story um was that uh, was that there's a hope that the uh, loans will eventually be turned into grants? Yeah. So um, it's uh, yeah. So that, so the, the the last paragraph talks about um, has already been widely reported. Clubs within the national league had expected funding to come in the form of grants rather than collective loans that have been received. Yeovil, along with a number of other national league clubs, will be looking to the sport minister for the loans to eventually be turned into grants, as had previously been suggested. That seems ambitious, I would say. Uh, and if that is what we are pinning our hopes on, then that does fill you with a bit of concern. It fills me with a bit of concern, anyway. Yeah, it does. It does, because that's a lot of money. And, in, you know, I know it's a long-term thing, but who knows, I guess in 20 years' time, we might have made a few bob from a couple of academy players. If, if, yeah. we get, if we get an academy. <laughs> if we get an academy back again. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I think uh, anybody who's on social media and probably those people who aren't on social media will, um, will know that there's been a lot of concern voiced about it. And I think we've got some questions about that to come later. But um, it, it definitely worries you that um, we're, we're we're taking on that amount of um, that amount of debt, and um, we obviously heard the chairman uh, talk the other week about how there were investors um, that he was talking to, and I think he said there were people he was talking to about potentially buying the club, and there were people he was talking to about potentially investing in the club. Um, all, all I would say is, if we're uh, borrowing these kinds of money. Um, uh, that investment is going to be very, very well needed. Um, and as we spoke about last time, we're going to need that investment um, if we're going to make a, a tilt for promotion, which is what we've been told um, is going to happen this season. Yeah, I guess that's one of the big things, isn't it? You know, we've not really, we, we did touch on it at the weekend, but, you know, if the money that we're putting into the playing budget is coming from this loan, you know, it indicates we're not we've not got a massive playing budget for the year, if that's what it is. So, uh, yeah, uh, interesting times for sure. The manager was pretty coy on it today. So Ben went to the press conference while he yeah. was down here, which was very good. He asked some good questions, um, and uh, yeah, I thought it was you know it was good to get those types of questions in. We don't often hear those. Um, put to the no. manager and you know I think he he answered as yeah. you expect a football manager to answer 
It's not my job. Uh, which, yeah. which, which, in fairness, he is absolutely right, right to do so. And, and I noticed um, there are a couple of people on Facebook saying, "Why are you asking these kind of questions to a manager? It's nothing to do with him. Uh, what's the point in asking that question?" Well, my argument would be this is a subject that a lot of people have been asking about. He's the manager of the football club. He's probably the most public face of the football club, um, and therefore it's quite right that people should be asking um, these questions. Uh, to him he can absolutely come back and say as he did that um there there are people at the club like scott priest the chairman and james hillier the stadium manager to say yes or no that's the dynamic i have no idea about the economic state of the organization that's their job to worry about those type of things my job's to source the best players as cheaply as i can and get as much out of them as i can win with them uh, and maybe sell a few of them on as we have done in recent years so yeah he's quite within his rights and i I wouldn't have expected him to say anything else but i do think this is the type of question that has been lacking from um uh you know press press conferences not necessarily just with the manager, but when the when the chairman's there as well. These are the questions that people want answering. And uh, in all fair play to Ben, he went down there, um, not on his on his holiday, uh, and asked it. So um, yeah, I, I think that's absolutely what we should be doing. So I haven't seen those comments about people saying why are they asking that question yeah but... i may have i may have responded to someone uh <laughs> on uh, on, oh, on really? one of the on one of the facebook pages um saying uh you know and, and he said having listened to his full press conference he was spot on with his comments it's not for him to answer and i said well in fairness that is what we said we said what well, makes you wonder what the point of asking the question was and what the point of this post is so my response to that was reporting what the manager says about an issue people are discussing kind of sounds like news to me. So <laughs> there you go. Maybe I was a little triggered by it, but um, but I do think, you know, we have people on there talking about how nobody asked the right questions. Uh, we go on there and we ask uh, different questions and then people say, well, why are you asking those questions? So you can't please all the people all the time, can you? I think back to... I think it was probably when Darren Way was the manager, possibly between Darren Way and Neil Marmon when all the takeover talk that was going times, on. Yeah. Going on with the Koo Higgs. Yeah. And Chris Spittles would ask Darren Way and Neil Marmon almost every week about it. Um so I think on that basis it's the right thing to do. And yeah. pe- like you said, more people have been complaining about the questions, you know. That, that aren't being oh, yeah, asked yeah. for a while so why yeah. not if we can do it if work if you know if the work time allows us we're gonna carry on um going to the presses and i think that's good yeah and like I say, the manager is the public face of the football club. Uh, and in fairness, he didn't do Well, you know, he, he answered the question in a way that you would expect it, but he didn't say, no, I'm not answering that. You know, no. he could have just said, I'm not answering that. He gave an answer, which is, you know, is fair play to him. But, you know, it's not his place to answer it either, is it? But the chairman's not around, so we can't ask that question. Was that the question he moonwalked from? Was that that one or was that the... I, I think at the end of it, he said something about <laughs> I may have danced around that one. Moonwalked but, um, out of that one, I think he yeah, said. <laughs> yeah. I would like to see Darren Sard do a moonwalk, actually. <laughs> maybe maybe next time we score, he can uh, put on some... Uh, socks put on, on his... or socks off. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> socks on or socks on. Yeah. Maybe I'll just have like a dark, uh, like a Jack Michael Jackson glove or something <laughs> on instead. Yeah. There's there an go. image. There's there an image. A sockless Darren Sale with a Michael Jackson <laughs> glove on. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Diamond. Uh, right. Is that a title? That might be a title there. Yeah, yeah, that's it. yeah, yeah. A sockless <laughs> Darren Sale with a Michael Jackson glove on. I'll write that one down. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Quiggers. Yeah. Um, top of the scoring charts. Yeah, yeah. Three he more goals in the... than uh, Reese Murphy. <laughs> he was in the team of the week. Yep. As well for the weekend. The manager was very pleased with him and what he's bringing to the club. It was, you know, I think it's quite telling that, you know, he talks about a target man. And then, you know, when you've got a tall player like that, you just use him as a target man, but they've wanted to settle him down and give him a bit of a home and, you know, work on him as work on him as a player. And I think based on the feedback that we had when we signed him versus what we're seeing from him now, good job. Yeah. Coach is doing a great job with him. Yeah. And he and he mentioned that, didn't he, about um uh in the in the in, in the press conference about how he was hard on him and he was maybe a little bit harder on him than than, than some of us, but they had been been working, uh putting a lot of work in together. And like you say, I mean, he's not everyone's cup of tea. And um and I know we were told he was a, a head on a stick. I when he when he came in from Dagenham. I can only really judge him on that that 90 minutes I saw from him at, at older shot. And I'd say he looked, you know, when it when he when he got the ball, he's for, for he is a big man, isn't he? But he um but he's he has got quite good technique. And you know, when he runs with the ball, he is difficult to stop yeah. because there is so much of him. So um uh, so he uses it very uh, very effectively. And you know, you can't fault his two finishes on on, on Saturday. I mean, um on Monday, I should say. Uh, I know the manager said he, he he missed a few and he did um, you know, he could have had uh, three or four, but the two finishes that he put away were um yeah, were were excellent. Yeah, well, he missed penalties last season, didn't he? I think did he miss one or two penalties? I think at one point he, he had that one, one where he missed. Sutton. Was it Sutton? He had that one where he missed it, and then he headed it in, didn't he? When That's that night right. he scored yeah. the hat trick, I think. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, Solid good hole, that he good that he stepped up and had another yeah. go. I have to say though, penalties I still haven't got over last season, and so <laughs> I, I I was. Probably quite rightly chastised for the video that I said I put on the Glover's Cast Twitter, <laughs> which was like you had to really squint to be able to see anything from it. And, and, and I should have zoomed in on, on there, but I was honestly, I was just holding it and I was just literally shaking. My heart was going 10 to the dozen. So I definitely haven't got over last season's poor form of penalties. <laughs> definitely not. Well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you're going to be in, you're in recovery. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. Put put a few more of them away like that. I'll be all right. Yeah. Well, he's building his confidence. Building his confidence. Um, anything else before we go into your chat with uh, Mr. Scargill? 
no. Uh, well, you know, obviously, other thing. The, the manager Ben asked um, a, a good question with regards to sports scientist who he was talking oh, about. Yeah. He was at the um, uh, he was at the at the club now. Can't remember the guy's name, but I do remember him uh, tweeting about something. And the um, yeah, the manager was saying he wanted a was it a more robustness from the players, which given the injury record uh, that we had last season and the fragility of the players that we were told about, it's probably probably a good thing. So, yeah, let's hope that that comes to something. But that was an interesting conversation. We'll put an article up on the uh, on the website on Friday morning for you all to have a look at um, about that if you didn't catch the press conference. Wicked. Wicked. Yeah. So let's, let's go into your... You've had a yeah, chat not Arthur a... Scargill, for those of you with longer <laughs> memories. This is uh, this is his son. No, it's not his son. Uh, this is this is Tom Scargill, the Halifax or FC Halifax Town um, reporter from the Halifax Courier, who's been on with Ian, I think, previously. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I caught up with him the other day to ask him what we should expect from Matty Warburton and FC Halifax Town. Okay, so this is Dave here, and I am joined by Tom Scargill from the Halifax Courier, the Halifax or FC Halifax Town uh, reporter, I should say. So, Tom, I think this is your second appearance on the Glovers cast, so welcome back. Yeah, thank you for having me back. Nice to be here. No problem. You must have done a good job the first time round if we've invited you back. So, yeah, <laughs> but um, uh, certainly looking at uh, Halifax's start, I mean, I know we're only three games into the season and we don't look at tables till Christmas or whatever the, the saying is, but um, two uh, wins in the last two games for, for Halifax. So I imagine you're going to be arriving at Yeovil uh, on a bit of a high. Very much so, yeah. Yeah. Um... If you'd have said after the Maidhead game that we'd win the next two, I'd have probably been a bit sceptical, but uh, they played played very well. Two kind of different wins. Uh, working last Saturday was um, the kind of backs to the wall for the first 15 and the last 15 minutes, but um, scored some cracking goals and, and really kind of got the season up and running. And then Altrincham and Van Calde Monday played some really stylish football, um, nearly 2,000 at the Shea, and I think... The fans kind of went home really happy with what they'd seen. Definitely the better side, uh, fully deserved to win. And uh, yeah, played some nice football. So, um, you know, that made the game on the opening day is kind of uh, all forgotten about now. I was going to say not to want to draw you back into the uh, into the darker part of the of the of the season. What happened in that first game? Was it just, uh, you know, a bit of a false start or? Uh, well, they were 1-0 up and deservedly so played really well and then yeah, a bit of sloppiness at the back. Um, Maidenhead did what Maidenhead do and kind of didn't give up, showed a lot of spirit. Um, it was 1-1 and then kind of very late on, there was a bit of a slip up at the back and it gave Maidenhead possession high up the pitch and they scored a, a curling shot from 20-odd yards. Um, so it was it was an even game, but um, yeah, I think they still took a lot of confidence from that. I've spoken to the captain this week and he said... Um, they knew that the, the performance was there. They just needed to be a bit tighter at the back. Uh, obviously, they've conceded two goals in both games since, but they've certainly taken on the performance from Maidenhead. So it wasn't a case of a you know a dispiriting defeat. They knew they were nearly there with it. 
Yeah, and uh, obviously one, uh, well, a couple of very familiar players in the, I imagine, will be in Halifax side at, when, when you come to Hewish Park. Um, the first of which, uh, Matt Warburton, uh, was obviously with us um, last last season. Uh, you know, I, I think from a Yeovil Town perspective, whenever we saw him play, you could obviously see what his qualities were. He's a very, very classy footballer. Um, it probably didn't work out for him for a, for a number of different reasons when he was at Yeovil, but he seems to have started all three games for this season. I mean, what have you made of him um, since he's arrived at the club? Yeah, I think class is quite a good description. Um, he's playing in the number 10 role. Uh, I interviewed him in pre-season and he said about his time at Northampton that it didn't really work out because he was played out of position a bit and maybe the style of play was a bit back to front. So it didn't really suit his game, which is kind of getting it into feet and popping it off and playing one-twos and you can tell, I mean, I've not been kind of too familiar with him as a player, but just from watching the first three games, you can tell that the way Halifax are playing is suiting him and that they're getting the ball into his feet. He's got runners in and around him. And, uh, you know, he, he's kind of been the conduit, really, to a lot of their attacks. And he's not scored yet, but he had a fantastic shot against uh, Altrincham on bank all the Monday, where he just he got the ball about 20 yards out and turned and hit it and you know, his arrow in towards the top corner before the keeper tipped it over the bar. Um, he's getting, been getting in the box as well and could have easily scored, but uh, he's linked up well with with Billy Waters, who's got three and three, and I think it's, you know, it's only a matter of time before he scores, and I wouldn't be surprised if he got into double figures the way he started. I was going to say, there'll be Oval fans here thinking every player, ex-player plays against <laughs> us, scores and be dreading the idea of Matt Warburton playing against us. Because like I say, when we saw, I think I think he only scored maybe twice for us in, in the time he was with us. But you could see, I mean, we on the on the Glovers cast, uh, my colleague Ben, who, um, who does this with us, he, he, he referred to him as a real Rolls Royce of a footballer. Um, but uh, I think we just did our uh, end of season sort of summary of the squad and we said no point having a Rolls Royce if you can't find the keys but it sounds like Halifax you found the keys from that Warburton but yeah uh, Yeah I mean it's not just uh, the overly have that fear about ex-players Halifax <laughs> have had that many times in recent years but yeah I, mean, I spoke to Warburton in pre-season and he said he was, he was so hungry coming to Halifax because yeah. he was kind of thinking is he going to get a, an offer is he going to stay as a full-time player and then Halifax did offer him that so he's really wants to kind of repay the faith that it says has been shown in him. Um, but it just fits in really well with how Halifax, Halifax want to play. They want to get the ball into feet in, in you know advanced areas and play quick interchanging football. And Warburton is kind of at the heart of that, really. Yeah. And I, and I guess if he's not going to be the ex-Yeovil player who scores against us, maybe Tom Bradbury will be. So he played, <laughs> he's obviously had a season with you at the back. And again, uh, seemed to do well. For your last season, he seems to be quite a settled member of the squad now. Very much so, yeah. I, I liked him. Um, I think Halifax liked the fact that it was left-footed and the, the three at the back was their kind of main formation last season. So they had him as a left of a back three. And when I interviewed him last season, they said his, his time at MK Dons as a youngster helped him um, with kind of bringing the ball out from the back. And you can see he's very comfortable on the ball. Um and it's kind of schooling at MK Dons was all about kind of uh, being able to handle the ball as a defender and being comfortable with it. Um, and he's he's um, played at centre-back as well this season as part of a back four, uh, which he didn't do that often last season, but 
he started well, him and, and Niall Marr, who's the captain, uh, were very resilient at working and had to deal with a lot of kind of aerial bombardment when they were holding on to the, the lead. Um, but he stood up well to it and he's, he started the season really well. Fantastic. And maybe from our side, maybe Josh Daunton can be the player who scores against you, the, the ex-Halifax <laughs> player. He's, uh, we obviously didn't see a lot of him last season because he had a really, really bad injury, but he's been, mm. uh, you know, he's, he's started since then. And I think he's, uh, he's a bit of a fan's favourite because he's, he, he's got that, again, passion passion for, um, uh, for, for for playing, which is, you know, every fan likes to see. But He's you, a good, good player and a top bloke as well, is Josh. Yeah, we 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 did. We, we were very lucky to have him on on the podcast the other week, and like you say, he was uh, he did come across as a thoroughly nice, um, thoroughly nice mm. um, guy. But you, you, you've touched on one of the um, you know the summer signings, uh, Billy Waters. There, he's obviously well known to anybody who follows West Country football. Last at Torquay, had a good spell. I think uh, he was at um, uh, Cheltenham uh, for quite some time. Yeah. So um, he's uh, three and three for you. So he's. Uh, on a hot run of form by the looks of it. Yeah. I mean, when I spoke to him in pre-season, I was kind of saying, do you feel like you're still the same player who scored 16 goals for Cheltenham at this level about four or five years ago? And he says he is. And another one who's hungry, um, kind of in and out of the team at Torquay last season. Um, but um, started absolutely brilliantly, three and three, looks really sharp. Um, the fans really took to him on Bank Holiday Monday against Altrincham because of his work rate. Absolutely ran himself into the ground, chasing down uh, clearances and hassling defenders. Um, and he really deserved his goal. Um, it's um, taken his, his goals really well so far. Um, and again, someone who you wouldn't be surprised to get into double figures. I think he's, he's had to, you know, the last few years have been up and down for him. He got a, a good move into the football league on the back of his form at Cheltenham, but it didn't really work out. So he's had loan spells here and there, but it looks like this could be, you know, a, a real home for him. Um, Pete Wilde's obviously got a lot of faith in him to lead the line. He's been playing as a number nine through the middle and started absolutely fantastically. Yeah, and alongside him, is it, is it Jordan Slough? Um, they signed mm. from Morecambe and he, he scored... Uh, in the game against Altrincham on Bank Holiday Monday as well, didn't he? How how's he been? Is he a, is he a, um, a front two alongside Waters, or is he a different kind of player? Uh, he's tended to play more off the flank, um, right. maybe off the left or off the right. Um, but he hasn't had a lot of football. He had an injury towards the kind of last third of last season, so he's not played very much. Um, but that goal will be good for him that he got. Um, against Altrincham, that'll do him the world of good, I'm sure. Um, but he's, he's a different player to Waters in that he's very strong, tall, physical, can hold the ball up. Uh, did that well um, at working. He, he played more through the middle at working. He changed to a 3 4 3. And um, he was very good at kind of getting the ball and keeping it and getting Halifax at the pitch. Um, but took his goal well um, last time out and um, he could. He's not been prolific. I'm sure he won't mind me saying throughout his career, but um, I'm sure he can score goals at this level and it gives them something different that the other players who've started haven't in his kind of physicality, really. Yeah, and uh, and I suppose that there's some of the incomings that you've had, but uh, on the on the outgoing side, um, Jake Hyde was obviously, a, a, I think, a fairly big player for years. He's gone and joined mm. the, the Hollywood... Uh, 
walk of fame that there is at Wrexham <laughs> now. <laughs> and Jeff King uh, has presumably, you know, chased the money to, to Chesterfield as well. I mean, for those two, I know they've been sort of regular players for, um, for Halifax. Was it just a case of, presumably, they just got offers that were too good to turn around? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, two big losses as well. King was player of the season last season. Yeah. Very, very good season. Um, Hyde was top scorer. Didn't didn't play all the games. He had a couple of injuries. So he probably would have been pushing 20 goals if he'd have played the whole season. And they also lost Jack Earing, who had a very good couple of years at Halifax. He went to Walsall, the uh, attacking midfielder. And they lost uh, centre-back Neil Byrne, who went to Hartlepool. Right. Again, difficult to replace. So four players there who were kind of the spine of the team in a way. Um, they've gone for a bit of a deeper squad uh, this season. So the, the wages that um, they've kind of got back from losing those four, I think they've kind of spread out a bit more over maybe a few more players. I think Pete Wiles probably thinking, you know, is COVID going to going to be a problem at different points? It's a long, hard season. Maybe last season they didn't have quite as many options as he wanted. Um, and I think certainly in attacking areas, he's got Waters, he's got Slough, he's got Jerry McDonough, um, he's got you know other players like a Warburton as well. So he's maybe thinking, yeah. whereas last season Hyde was, you know, all the eggs were in his basket in terms of goals, and he was expected to be the the goal getter. Maybe this season it's more of a case of he's is not relying on one person as much, and he's looking for for several players to chip in with with goals. Yeah, well. Billy Water seems to be doing a good job of filling that void, doesn't he? Mm. So, um, so yeah. So, I, I guess last question then, Todd. I mean, what do you, what, what can we expect from uh, from Halifax? It sounds from what you've said that the la- the three games have all been quite different, and certainly the last two, you've almost had to win in different ways. I mean, is it? Um, it sounds like you're pretty well equipped for whatever whatever Yeovil have got for you. Yeah, I mean, I remember last season's game at Yeovil, the conditions were absolutely atrocious, weren't they? Um, so that kind of dictated a lot of the game where Halifax kind of dug in, were on the back foot, playing against the wind and had to deal with a lot of pressure, but they withstood it. Um, and I think they've shown already this season that they can win in different ways. They can outplay a team or they can outbattle a team. So whichever Yeovil whatever you will throw at them, Halifax will feel that they can kind of um, withstand it and, and overcome it. Um, obviously with Quigley, he's a big, tall player, so I'm sure they'll be expecting to have to compete with him in the air and deal with some some crosses. But I think they, they know that Yeovil have got some good players as well. Um, but I think, I think Halifax would like to go there and play their own game and not be kind of dictated to by an opposition about how they want to play. They'd want to go there and try and impose themselves on the game and have a positive attitude. And, you know, with two wins out of two, they'll be going there with confidence and thinking they can make it three out of three. Absolutely right. OK, well, I hope that prediction is wrong, obviously, as you'd expect me to say that when you're at um, But, uh, yeah, well, OK, well, uh, Tom, thank you very much again for your time. Thanks for thanks for joining us. And, um, yeah, wish uh, Halifax, with the obvious two exceptions, all the all the very best for the uh, for the season. If you, you get to kick any of those money ballers from uh, Wrexham, Chesterfield or Notts County or Stockport or anyone else who's chucking all this cash around, then do us a favour and give them, <laughs> give them a kick, I think, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Thanks for your time, Tom. No worries. Cheers. Cheers.
So that was the chat with uh, Tom Scargill from the Halifax Courier. Well and Dave for getting that one done. We are now going to take some questions we've had on the social media. Um, should we do these in order of difficulty to answer? But the most <laughs> difficult ones last in the hope that everyone's, everyone's falling asleep. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, go on then. Which one do you want to start with? Let's go with Hugh. Hugh, Hugh. Um, yeah. Mr. Jay Quigley for the Golden Boots. Well, Ben has got a quid each way on him, hasn't he? And he's got a quid each way on Ruben Reed. So he's going to win one way or the other, isn't he? But um, <laughs> yeah, like I said, he's got more goals uh, goals to his name than Reese Murphy, who would have probably said. Uh, he's got more goals than, got three more goals than Paddy Madden. He's got three more goals than Scott Quigley, his namesake. Um, trying to think of other good strikers in this division. That Mullins got a couple of knee for, uh, for, for Wrexham, but I think he's only got two. Joe's got three. So yeah, why not? Yeah. Okay. There you go, Hugh. Put your money on now. Exactly. Lump on. Yeah, lump on. Remortgage house, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, James Drew is Geordie Barnett. Jordan Barnett, our future player of the season. Solid performance and passion second to none. Have not seen this sort of player at Yeovil for years. Yeah, well, based on, as I say, I can only really base him on what I saw at, uh, at our older shot. I probably wouldn't judge him too much on what I saw at Stratford, but uh, he definitely looks all action. Yeah, like you say, good, good, good passion. Uh, you know, gets forward well. Um, say, I'll say it again, he was playing against, uh, you know, not the best team that we'll, we'll, we'll come up against. But yeah, I like him. I like, um, he, he, he definitely could very well be. Um, uh, a fan's favourite. So, yeah, hopefully he keeps on. Did, did you see him in that um, friendly against Forest Green that you went to? Yes, yeah. yeah. And at Taunton. Oh, Taunton, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was... I thought he was good. He was looked to want to go forward. Wasn't... Um, I don't think he was overly tested against Taunton, really. Um, yeah. It was Would have been more tested against Forest Green, I'd have thought. Yeah, and we played quite well against Forest Green. That was a lot of you know defensive shape and and that side of things. Um, they feel like such a long time ago those games. It's been such a while. Uh, but I thought the manager was quite um, uh, telling on him earlier when he said out for Quigley's goal. We yeah, Jordan nearly Barnett. overtook him. Yeah, yeah. Barnett played the pass, and then all of a sudden he was like down by the dugout and nearly caught up with him. So, yeah, certainly you know passion and obviously a very fit player too. So that's what we like. Yeah. And plus, absolutely. he's now got probably got a little bit of competition with the signing of Jack Robinson, who's we're told as a left back. Um, yeah. Probably not available till the following weekend. He was saying, wasn't he, the manager yeah. today, the Stockport game. So but, yeah, it could be interesting. Competition for places is always good. Yeah, the manager did say something about possibly playing Barnet even further forward, didn't he? So, um, uh, in his press conference. So yeah, like you say, good to have the options. Absolutely, uh, Mike Hudson. In what minute of the game will Matty Warburton inevitably score? He did touch on this with uh, with Tom, didn't I? So um, so yeah. I uh, I don't want to say it because if I'm right, then people will think uh, yeah, people blame me. But 
yeah you have a horrible feeling don't you um it always happens to us it always happens to us but uh but tom uh as as people will have heard did tell me that people do that to um to halifax as well so i reckon he matt warburton will score against us but only after josh staunton puts four past halifax <laughs> so being more barrett in his absence yeah. <laughs> uh andy who's uh coming up on the quiz a bit later andy easton when did we last win on the telly and there's been a whole thread of answers here and none of us are particularly sure when yeah. i don't think um i and remember said the Accrington game no but we don't think that one was on, on the telly telly um i can you remember when when the FA Cup was on BBC and they sort of had highlights on the red button, like yeah. bits and pieces when we played Maidstone. Oh, you're right. Yeah. on the, That was on a Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't know if yeah. it was actually on the... Was it It was on the red on? button, wasn't it? But it was... Uh, you're right. It wasn't the full game. It they was, were like uh, flicking in between yeah, other yeah, matches. Like score alerts or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm not sure if that counts or not. <laughs> Probably not. That was in the historic days, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Didn't Wes Fogden score? Wes Fogden, blimey, on that plastic pitch. Yeah. 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 I think it's yeah. happening. Well, Paul Paul Swain, aka Robo Chap, um, has, uh, has, has listed some here. So he's got <laughs> uh, Stockport lost 1 0. Did, was that oh yeah yeah no that was at their place wasn't it we lost yeah. one nil so so in in most recent first Stockport lost one nil Stockport lost on after extra time in the FA Cup that was on the red button uh, two all against Kings Lynn two nil to Barnet in the in the playoffs uh, lost one nil at home to Dover lost one nil away at Barrow lost against Villa Shrewsbury yeah the two Man United games lost two nil. Um, against Brighton and then lost 2-1 against Leeds, which must have been that game that Ishmael Miller yes. penalty is still orbiting the sun. Um, uh, I can't even think of one before that. So maybe the, maybe the uh, uh, playoff final. Well, that's, yeah, that's what someone yeah. has said. Maybe. Oh, it's Paul, Paul Swain again, yeah? My <laughs> reckoning would be the playoff final. Well done, Paul. Good job you're listening. <laughs> Uh, and our friends at Bandwagon Fagaz- uh, Bandwagon <laughs> Fanzine. A solid um, fanzine, yeah. Yeah. Would you like any updates on SK Babita versus SK Kangaroos in the Latvian Second League? Yes, I think we would. Yeah. So yeah. if you can sort that out, please, Bandwagon Fanzine, we'll, we'll be fascinated to hear it. So that was the most difficult question, right? You say don't want to last. Uh, yeah, I think so. There's no, yeah. no more, no more. Uh, Nothing no. to see here. Please disperse. <laughs> Nothing to see here. So, uh, Mike Hudson, uh, would love to get your take on the seemingly growing concern and dissatisfaction amongst the fan base towards the current custodian of the club. Is it an overreaction or is it time to make those concerns heard in a way that doesn't disrupt Darren Sale and the lads? Um as someone has as someone that has submitted questions to the club repeatedly over the past 12 months through the correct channels and the relatively good start to the tenure it's a shame to even be thinking about it so do you want to say your bit first what are you yeah well i probably said a bit of it when we were talking there about the um uh, about the loan i mean anyone who's ever 
had the misfortune to speak to me about this. Um, I, I my concerns about what is um, what is going on at the club. I, I, you know, I had concerns with regards to the stadium. Uh, you know, the sale of the of, of the land to 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 the local council. My concerns stem purely from the fact that a stadium and land are the only tangible asset that I can see any football club has. I mean, you can argue that players are assets, but um, they can also be negative um, assets as well, can't they? If that's a word, if that's a something. Um, so I, I don't think we can really call them assets in the same way. Uh, so my concern about all of that was liquidizing our you know, bricks and mortar into money um, is a very easy way for you know money to just filter away, and that's not me saying people are going to take money from the from the club. That's just me saying that uh, you know there are bills, there are this and that. You can just very see very easily see how that big chunk of money is going to um, is could very easily just just disappear. Uh, and it does concern me that we are taking on eight hundred thousand pounds worth of debt with nobody at least telling us what the plan is um, to you know to to repay that. All we've been told is that oh well they might turn them into grants and they might um, uh, you know that, that it's over twenty years so it's okay. Well, I think for all the criticism and some of it was right that John Fry and Norman Hayward came in with one thing that I can repeatedly remember John Fry talking about was financial viability. Um, and that didn't always make him popular, but it did always mean that the, the club paid its bills. And sometimes that meant that somebody like Norman Hayward or someone like John Goddard Watts wrote a check um, and, um, and paid the bills. And that it wasn't necessarily the most sustainable way of doing it either. But we've been told that there are there there is investment that the chairman is looking to bring to the football club, um, and if that investment is not forthcoming, then I do have you know concerns about about what are going on because eight hundred thousand pounds for a club like Yeovil Town is an awful lot of money. Um, yes, I'm delighted that we won on 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 Monday, and you know I'll I you know drove four hours there and four hours back and nearly lost my voice for it. So I promise you there's, there's, there's nobody out there who wants to see this football club do well, better than more than me. Um, and I would much rather not be here talking about um, my, my concerns about this, and uh, this, and that, but I think you've got to be worried about the fact that the club is, um, is taking on um, the amount of debt that it is taking on. I don't see other clubs in this division. There will be other clubs that have got big debts, and uh, we know there's some who are shooting for the moon to try and try and um, go up. And I don't know what their financial situation is, but I don't see the likes of you know clubs like Halifax, who spoke to Tom to before, or Aldershot, where we were. I don't see them talking about piling on you know hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of debt, and they're probably not dissimilar in size to to Yeovil Town. So, yeah, I. I think there are concerns. I think it's quite right to be asking questions. Some people will disagree. Some people think we shouldn't be asking these questions and we should just support the support the team. Um, and and I, I think it is possible to support the team and support the club and still ask questions. And I think in a way, if you are asking questions, then that is an indication that you care about um, what is what what is going on with the club. Everyone has their own way of showing how they care. For me. Um, you know, having some concern is, 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 is far from showing that you don't care. Anyway, I've just rambled on that you're there. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> Same. Uh, no, um, 
yeah, I think I'm always for people asking questions. And I think if there are concerns, which there obviously are, and if there is dissatisfaction, I think the louder that noise gets, the better. And I think the key word there is noise. For me, any sort of dissent or, you know, action about things that we don't know what is happening really, but if there's any, you know, any, any, anything that happens has to be, you know, within the, you know, the, the, within the law. And I think it's important that if fans have views, they express them, they express them in a peaceful way. And I think a lot of that, for me, it, it's, it's not an overreaction. I think, you know, we, we've got an owner who was transparent up until about March of this year, <laughs> February this year. And even then it was, you know, transparency when it was required um, and how transparent was it? Ultimately, we don't really know. Um, so I don't think it's an overreaction. Um, but I think it is important to not disrupt this new group of players um, because really, I, you know, we're not that, we're not that fan base and maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe it's a good thing, but you know, when you go to Hewish Park and you sit there and watch the team that the fans are there to support those players and that is one thing for me is that I don't want these players off the back of a, a win, um, a confidence building win, a new group of players who will be playing in front of Town fans for only the second time um, in a proper league match. Um, I wouldn't want them to have to deal with that while they're playing. Yeah, um, negativity, I, yeah. Um, and I, you know, that might upset some people. I think, you know, the long-term, obviously the long-term future of the club is, well, and the short-term future of the club is immensely important. And, you know, it, it's a difficult, difficult thing to balance. Um, yeah. You know, I think people will probably know my feelings on the situation. I've not, you know, I don't hide that. I think there should be change at the top. Um I absolutely think there should be change and I want change, but there's a right way and there's a right way to go about getting it. And hopefully, hopefully something's going to happen soon. <laughs> Who knows? There's lots of rumors doing the rounds, but no one knows what's happening other than those at the top. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just on that point you made about um, what the fans can play. I mean, I, I mentioned it before, older shot, you saw exactly the role that the fans can play, um, you know, spurring, spurring the team on. So, yeah, I'd love to be able to turn on BT Sport on uh, on uh, Saturday evening and uh, and listen to a, a rocking Hewish Park, uh, you know, cheering, cheering those players on. I think that's, uh, that's exactly what people should be doing. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I'm going to be I'm going to go and I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm going there to support the team because I've not had a chance to go and watch it yet. So um, that's a big thing for me, wanting to see these players in a competitive game. And also in the grand scheme of things, if the man at the top isn't there, 
what's the point? Yeah. And I think it will be apparent, you know, Jewish Park's not the biggest ground in the world and there's not going to be that many people there and it will be very obvious if he's there or if he's not there. So I think that's something to think about if um, if the man's not there, then support yeah. the team, support the players. It's, you know, it's all well and good making a making a ruckus on telly, but what will it achieve? Who knows? Yeah. Um, I think the point you made about the likes of Halifax and Aldershot is a bit of a interesting one in that aren't they both sort of are they Phoenix clubs? Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, I mean, we spoke with um, Pete, the older shot fan, um, last uh, on on Monday, didn't we? And he said, uh, you know, I've seen this club go bust once. Um, I don't want to see it go bust again. So, um, and yeah, as you say, FC Halifax were Halifax Town, yeah. uh, and now FC Halifax. So yeah, it shows you um, what can happen if things aren't done the right way. And I'll, I'll say it again, John Fry for all his critics always spoke about financial viability until the cows come home and you do need a bit of that you do need a bit of that and um yeah yeah 800 grand worth of debt doesn't sound like financial viability to me no um you know i'm not the biggest fan of the previous regime at all and you know, depending on what happens, you know, it could be that we're in the situation we're in because of them. Um, but there was always someone who knew Yeovil. Yeah. Make it like around the decision making. Whereas obviously we know that is absolutely not the case. And, you know, it's, that's not, that's not ideal. No, no. <laughs> that's not ideal. So let's, yeah, let's. Yeah, I think. Yeah, make some Slipping noise. into depression mode here again, aren't we? No, it, it, no, getting... I'm just looking back at Mike's question, and I think it is. It is time to make. I think he's sort of done a clevo and answered it in his own way. Is it time to <laughs> make clevo? Yeah, that clevo. <laughs> Concerns heard in a way that doesn't disrupt Darren Sow and the lads, which you know that that's. To me, that's important. It won't be to others, and I fully appreciate that. I think people have a right to think whatever they want to think. There'll be some people who think, "What are you on about? A protest? What are you on about? Why is where, <laughs> why is that even a thing?" But you know, there's 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 a poll, isn't there, on social media somewhere, which has got yeah. more than more than a handful. Let's say yeah. there's there's quite a few people on there. So, take your money, you take your choice, make your choice, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. Were there any other questions? Um, there was another one from Chris Sweet that's on there. Do you want me to read that out? Yeah, yeah. To play devil's advocate a little. Oh, Chris, you cheeky little man. Uh, <laughs> how, how much is Darren Sahl a part of the issue as well? The owner's man, the owner's mate, only really in the job because of the owner responsible for putting the team together. So I can only assume that Chris is referring to the previous question and is Darren Sahl responsible for um, the growing uh, concern and dissatisfaction amongst the fan base? Well, I would say 
is Darren, well, I'd say that you know, Darren Sarr is quite clearly a mate of, uh, of, Scott, of the owner of Scott Priestnell. They seem very matey whenever they're together, so I wouldn't um, discount that. Is he the owner's man? Was he appointed before the owner was in place? I'm sure the owner had something to do with it, but is he really the owner's man? I'd maybe question that a little bit. Um, and he is responsible for putting the team together. Um, but I would say, and we've said this before, so this is a news, but, uh, you know, he's had two full seasons of, you know, well, the, the, the first season, he was responsible for putting that team together as well. That got us to the playoffs, albeit with, a, you know, a, end, a season that ended early. Um, so if he's responsible for this, he was responsible for that as well. And last season, I think we can, after everything that happened, we can forgive everyone for being, you know, being what it was last season just want to forget put it in a box and forget about it forever so I don't think Darren Saul can be blamed for you know I don't think he had, he had a he was asked about whether he should be taking on debt and um you know making decisions about the about the future of the club I'm sure he you know has his say and we don't know what he says but um behind the scenes but I certainly wouldn't say that he is um a major part of the issue here. Uh, he's, he's, he's probably got some kind of role in it, but um, but I don't think he's a he's a major part of the issue. I think there's there's there, there's others who we need to you know aren't the questions answered from long before Darren Sarr. But Darren Sarr was the only person who was at that interview uh, today. So as I said before, he's a re- that's the reason why we asked him the question, rightly or wrongly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think Darren, uh, I feel like Darren Sarr, if he didn't before, I think he's definitely fallen in love with the football club. It feels like he loves being Yeah, I think he, part he cares, of, doesn't he? I think he does care, genuinely. And being part of the, the area as well. I know when he first came in, he was doing a lot with the academy kids and and helping them out. And yeah, I I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't see. I see them as separate, even though they came in together, and they probably he probably was Priestnell's choice. I, I dare say he was pulling the strings long before he was officially in. Um, but I, yeah, I, 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 I can separate them. I think I feel that they are separate, even though they did that interview with them. Both sat looking rather pleased with themselves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But if your boss asks you to do an interview looking pleased with yourself, you do one, don't you? <laughs> you do, yeah. You do, Dave. You're damn right. Yeah. Um, so well, yes, boss, I'll do that interview then. <laughs> I think that's the question's answer to the extent that we can. Um, if you're not happy with the answers, yeah. wait till Ben comes on on, <laughs> on Sunday and he'll give you something much better. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So, if Ben, if you're listening, no pressure. Yeah. Terrific. We still got a quiz. We still got a quiz yeah. today, and uh, yeah, we, uh, we we've got another we've got another guest on. So, um, are we are we going to finish on the high of uh, of Quizmania? I think we will. Yeah, we'll go into the quiz. Uh, this one, we're going to find out who is going to challenge the furniture mover, Nigel Dyson.
Okay, so we're back and it's quiz time, but there is one big difference about this week's quiz, which is our reigning quiz champion, as he likes to refer to himself, Nigel Dyson, is not with us. He is, I quote, moving furniture, which I'm told is as exciting as it sounds. So uh, a hastily array, I mean, a very well organised um, alternative that we've got is... Uh, my uh, my fellow host with the most, Mr. Perkins, is going to take on our challenger, who tonight from the uh, wintry north of England is Andy Easton. Hello, Andy, and welcome to the Glovers Cast. Good evening, gents. Thank you very much for having me. No problem at all. Now, Andy, I've known you for a little while, and as has our fellow presenter Ben. But uh, you are a uh, an exiled Yeovil fan. Give us give us your Yeovil connection again. What is uh, when when did you have the good fortune of uh, falling in love with the Glovers? Oh gosh! Um, well, born in Yeovil in 1980, um, so that does make me born. make me uh, similar to you, um, quite an old old person. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you, thank you. you come again. Get it in, get it in while you're on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, everyone's got to. It's, yeah, you told me I needed to. Um, and then yeah, moved out of Yeovil probably. Well, I would have been about 13 um moved up to to southampton parents job that kind of thing and then had the pleasure of moving even further north of the wall um up to yorkshire and i've been there ever since so okay. you now, now live in harrogate is that right or, or just yeah, outside just, of yeah just next door to harrogate so i was extremely disappointed when uh, they got promoted um I, I was hoping for at least more than one one game this, in a season yeah. Them, but uh, such well, is mm -hmm. we have been promised a play uh, you know a promotion push this year so maybe next season you can go and watch us there instead so well that'd be good or if york can come up york's all you know it's quite a nice one anything that's northern anything that's northern would be great championship season was great wasn't it there were was so many good. games that we had uh, up north within about two hours of me great it's a bit sparse uh, at the moment those those days eh? right <laughs> anyway Let's not depress ourselves. Um, let's <laughs> by talking about uh, yeah, years a, gone by. There's a theme when we're when it's just uh, you and me, Coatsy. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll come on to that. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. So the name of the game is Yeovil Town. Who am I? Uh, just to run the rules for you, Andy. I think you've heard this before, so you probably know them. But I will read you out a carefully crafted uh, biography of a former Yeovil Town player, uh, and you. Have have to shout out who that Yeovil Town player is when you think you know it. If you get an uh, incorrect answer, then you will be frozen out for the next uh, paragraph of my little write-up here, and I will call you back in when you're allowed back in. The winner is the first two. Um, there is a tiebreaker this time after uh, Nigel Macarelli <laughs> made a, a, a proper meal of Ceci Delmeida, so I'm hoping I'm not going to use it, but um, we shall see. Okay, so do you understand the rules, Andy? 100%, yeah, go for it. Do you understand the rules, Ian? No, I don't. Right, okay, well, that sounds like you're onto a winner already. Okay, right, here we go then, to the first one. I was born in Oxford in April 1993, and after five years in the academy at Reading, signed my first professional football contract with the Royals in June of 2011. However, my first taste of first-team football came at Ebbs Fleet United the following season, where I was quickly thrust into the club's forward line in a loan spell. I scored my first goal for them in the West Country in a 3-2 win at Bath City and managed four goals uh, in League and Cup appearances uh, before returning to Reading. 
That was enough to earn me a new two-year deal at the Majeski Stadium. And my first loan spell, uh, my, se- sorry, my second loan spell, um, uh, saw me sign for Yeovil Town on a six-month loan. Gary Johnson handed me my debut in that season's opening fixture, lining up alongside Ruby and Reed the first time around in a 3-0 Capital One Cup win over Colchester United. Is it Abdoulaye Belbaggy? It is not Abdoulaye Belbaggy. <sighs> so you are frozen out for this round, Mr Perkins. I will call you back in. Uh, James Hater bumped me out of the team when he arrived a few weeks later, but I made my point to the manager coming off the bench after 68 minutes in a League One fixture at Scunthorpe United, scoring twice in the 88th minute and the 90th minute. Simon Church? A full... So say Simon that again. Church? Simon Church? No, not no. Simon Church. No, no. Uh, so netting in the 88th and 90th minute to help the side to a 4-0 victory that, that, that day. Right, Ian, you're back in and you're out for this, this sentence. With Hater, Reed, and latterly a certain Paddy Madden arriving at Hewish Park, my opportunities became more limited. Gozzi Agrew. Gozzi Agrew is correct. Yes. There you go. That's 1 0 to you, Mr. Perkins. Am I right? I think so. You know the rules more than I do. I know the rules, yeah. I'm not looking at my camera. I've got because uh, I'm oh, okay. this sound, so I can't see you said something. So I'm going off your voices. Right. 1 0 Perkins. Okay. Here's the second one. I was born in Dublin in Ireland in June 1990 and had a successful youth career playing in the Irish League for Sporting Fingal, where I won the FAI Cup in 2009. My form earned me call-ups for my country under 15, 16 and 18 level and I became a more regular fixture in the Sporting Fingal side. Uh, the following campaign, only for the club to go bust, leaving me without a team uh, ahead of the 2011-12 season. Eventually, Shelbourne snapped Kev me up. Kevin Dawson. Kevin Dawson is correct. That's it. Yeah. Oh, it was nowhere near with that. Nowhere near. Uh, there we go. So a victory for Mr. Perkins. But we will give you uh, the third one, Andy, to uh, to see if you can retain some of your honour. Is that all right? <laughs> a consolation. No honour. <laughs> a consolation, yeah. Okay. So here's the third one. As far as the careers go, I had a pretty decent one. I was born in Ashton under Line in September 1995 and was part of the youth system at Manchester United. I spent 10 years in the Old Trafford Academy before moving to Sheffield United in 2012 and was given my professional debut by Nigel Clough with a one-minute cameo at the end of a 2-0 win at Crawley in March 2014. Despite playing twice in that season, um, I spent the next couple of years out on loan at various non-league sides, including Buxton, Matlock Town and Barrow, before being released by the Blades. In the latter stages of my time at Sheffield United, I was allowed to trial at League One Barnsley and was rewarded with an 18-month contract, which I signed in January 2006. However, I only managed a total of 16 minutes in three matches for the Tikes, and in the summer of 2016, I was allowed to move to Yeovil Town, where I became Darren Way's first signing of that summer. I made an instant impact scoring on my debut in a 2-0 win over Notts County on the opening day of the League Two season and impressed playing out wide for the Glovers. I finished that season with eight goals in 38 games, including a double in a 5-0 win over Crawley Town in December when Way's side were riding the crest of a wave. 
the following season, I improved on that with 10 games in 49 appearances. Uh, but that season will probably be best remembered for my sending off in a 2-1 home defeat to Chesterfield. I saw red for pushing oh, referee. Otis. Otis. Otis Khan. Yeah, he's Khan. correct. Just trying to think who started at United. Oh, not many. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well played. There we go. So that's my memory of Otis Khan. It's Darren Wade. You shouted Shout oh, out to <laughs> the side of a picture. Yes. <laughs> All the time. Where's he from? Yeah. Oh, Otis. <laughs> uh, in, uh, in his uh, West Country. Yeah, so do, must... do, do, do you want to hear the tiebreaker then? The tiebreaker I thought was a good one, but it links to Otis Khan, so I can't use it again. In 2016, <laughs> Otis Khan appeared on TV game show Ninja Warrior. In what time did he complete the assault course? Oh, <laughs> so go on, Andy. How quick do you think Otis Khan got around the Ninja Warrior? I don't, I, don't, I don't watch Ninja Warrior, so I don't even know what, what how long the course is. Oh, yeah. it's, like, it's, like, it's like, you remember like... Gladiators from way back in the day? where they had to, It's like that, that, that kind of idea. Minute 10. A minute 10. Ian? Uh... 45 seconds. Oh, Andy's won that one. It's actually two minutes, 41 seconds. Oh, right. Okay. So I there you go. Andy. Pretty obvious we don't know about the Ninja Warrior assault course <laughs> yeah. then, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Right. Well, I, I, I thought it was a good tiebreaker. Well, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take, take something for that. Yeah, we'll call that three one. We'll call that three three point two five or something like that. We picked some tough ones there today. Normally, I at least get one before the. Well, before I don't the, know. The you see, Gossie Ugru. I remember being at that game at Scunthorpe with you. I'm sure there's a photo of you and me holding on to the Northern Glovers flag. So Ben there Barrett will be. will be shouting that one out at you. I bet you. I well, forgot he, he was he a Reading. Turned up. I forgot he was a Reading player. Yeah. Simon um, Church is a good shout, actually. I thought that was, yeah. that was a good guess. He's, yeah, he was the only one I could think of that had a Reading connection. There you go. Because of your grip. Because of your grip. Well, you've got Abdullah Bell Baggy for next time as well, Coach. So you can <laughs> yeah. write, <laughs> write him up. I'll have to uh, I'll have to leave that one a couple of weeks, otherwise it'll be a bit too obvious, won't it? Yeah, I might okay. remember it. So tune in next Thursday, folks, uh, next Friday, I should say, for Perkins versus Dyson, providing he's moved all his furniture around, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Andy, thanks very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. No, thank you very much, gents. Keep up the good work. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trot. Goal. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.